This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, hateful eight is all over, but it is the unfabulous five without a win for Ipswich Town. Happy new bloody year, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Seb, it feels like we've gone from the high of all highs of the greatest year in our history into one of those little moments we have on the podcast where... You get the toxic negative people versus the toxic positive people, who I must say are both as bad as each other, but neither will let the other one speak while the truth is somewhere in the middle. It's a bit all over the place to analyse this now, Seb, because we've got the amazing start, the amazing position, the end of the hateful eight, which was good, some bad injuries and some bad form. Let's mix that all in and you can tell us exactly how we process this. Yeah, you're right. I mean, things have changed dramatically in the last week. But I thought to myself this morning, I went back to work this morning, and that's always a bit of a gloomy thing to do, isn't it, in early January? So I was thinking about December and the fixtures and how we played out. And I suddenly thought to myself, if we'd at the start of this run, so the, the weekend of West Brom away after we've just lost to them, if you offer me a point at Middlesbrough and a point at Watford, and then three points against Stoke and three points against QPR, I'd probably be sat here quite happy right now. So the overall points tally for the month is is okay. We've, we've dropped off slightly and the gap has been clawed back on, but we're still in a phenomenal position, aren't we? And we can only be positive going into this window. We've had some, some, some great news today that we'll discuss shortly transfer-wise that they're clearly looking to get things moving quickly. And yes, we've hit a rut. Yes, we've got big injury issues. We'll discuss George Hurst, obviously. Mr. Morsey is now going to be missing for two huge games in the middle of a, the middle of the month, which doesn't make it any easier. But I seem to remember sitting here 10 months ago, nine, yeah, 10, 11 months ago, having the exact same conversations and look how that all panned out. Can I, before I come to you, Craig, all of those things, I'm going to take six points off Craig, but uh, said, but you can have George Hurst for the rest of the season. I bet you would have taken that, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you making of all this, Craig? There's so many different strands to it and different ways to view it, whilst we try not to get drawn to either the toxically negative or the toxically positive. 
Yeah, similar to Seb, actually. I was going to go along similar lines to Seb there in terms of looking at um, December as a whole. I think uh, Kieran McKenna did the same in his um, one of his post-match interviews yesterday, saying that of those seven games in December, we won three, drew three, and lost one, which on the you know, face of it is absolutely fine uh, for the certainly for the the run of games that we had in that month. Um, and similar to Seb, I probably wouldn't swap the three points for the one point. I'd just swap the games around, and he, we can play um, you know Stoke at the beginning of the beginning of the month, and we'll have um, a bit of momentum heading into January with with Watford and Middlesbrough. But it is it's and by the same token, you can chunk up the last ten days, can't you? The last four games. So, oh well, we've only picked up three points in the last four so you, you can you can chop and change it and dice it however you want to can't you so as you say Ben it's a case of yeah you know, we you'd still be critical of, of you know, certain aspects of, of things that going you can't be ultra positive you, the same way you can't be ultra negative for the way things are going at the moment I think we as ever we will try and like tread that line between the two um, but I think you just need to understand that p- people's expectations have shot through the roof haven't they understandably since since August so you know you're looking at it from a different perspective than if you were looking up trying to you know claw yourself into the playoffs and Seb whatever anyone's perspective is whether you support Rotherham Shepherd Wednesday or QPR or Leeds Southampton Ipswich Leicester etc if you go five without a win it's a problem Seb yeah yeah, yeah. And especially we look, you know, we were all sat here in December and the gap was was eight, nine points to Leeds at that point to third place. And that gap's been chipped away at and eroded away. And suddenly Southampton have kind of done their business quietly and they're right behind us. But we still have a gap over them going into the new year, which most of us probably would have taken having looked at that horrible fixture list when it was first published in uh, in, 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 in in the summer. But like Craig says, you know, we I think our, a lot of our fan base has had so much success now for a prolonged period of time. We've almost forgotten what it feels like to kind of have a bit of a blip and have a bit of a stutter and you know we had this last year went on the insane run from easter from from february to the end of the season it would be very hard obviously to replicate that but i think that's just made us forget a little bit that this kind of stuff does happen you know and as long as the performances are decent i'm always pretty confident that the the things will turn around shortly i guess we can discuss our performances we have done obviously over the december period but leads aside and qpr with an awful lot of caveats i still think we're you know we're leicester second half was was superb and we're still in an amazingly strong place going into this window right um we'll do george hurst then we'll talk a bit about jeremy sarmiento but craig um and again i we're gonna we're going right down the middle so we're just talking objective facts here this is terrible news this is what the club tweeted earlier kira mckenna has told the media that george hurst is seeing a surgeon this week and dave and i we always do our cod doctoring outside the pioneer all tweak strain neither of us said rupture um, which is just dreadful, dreadful news. So the first thing we have to say is this is the guy's career. Um, get well soon and um, hopefully we'll see him back. Now, Craig, deal with this as a football supporter. This absolutely sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty disastrous, isn't it? Um, you know, as and as we've all spoken about since since he joined, pretty much after he had his initial bedding in period, he's just absolutely integral to the way that we play and you would you could argue that even including Morsey who you have deputies for and we'll need a deputy for come um the Leicester game and the and the Sunderland game we haven't got a deputy for George Hurst we just simply haven't got anyone else in the squad that can um do the same job to any uh level approaching what George Hurst does um you know we've got 
we know who we've got in in replacement and we know what their relative strengths and weaknesses are um but sadly the um their strengths don't don't equate to what we need from our our central striker at the moment um so it it's questionable whether it shows a slight failing in in our transfer dealings during the summer that you know we haven't got anybody that we can rely on and as a result we have had to flog George Hurst for maybe longer than he had to you know he's been playing the vast vast majority of matches recently he's playing playing 80 minutes whereas before he was probably playing 60 65 and then it was being um, exchanged and swapped around but through um, the performances of the likes of Scarlett and Ladapo and Jackson they just haven't given Kieran McKenna an option a valid option off the bench um, when, the, when the poor guy's running on fumes towards the end of matches. And I think we we may have been fortunate that we managed to get to December, mid-late December, before he actually went, something went twang. Um, and I, I suppose we should also be thankful that it went, it happened in mid to late December rather than mid to late January. Um, but you say, all eyes now are on uh, the likes of Ashton, etc., as to what they can pull out the bag and the number of, signings they can pull out the bag because you know we we could probably all agree that we we're after one anyway whilst George Hurst was fit and, and firing now he's not we're arguably after two if not um three attacking options rather than central strikers but certainly attacking options Seb anything to add to that no like Craig says it is just gutting isn't it you know I left the ground last night nil nil draw walked 25 30 minutes back to the car in the pouring rain thought i'll just check telegram before i uh before i drive back up home and it was the the opening story there and as soon as you see the word you know rupture and back end of the season then you know this is this is really serious now like you say wish him all the best obviously um but thankfully it has happened at a time where we are able to get replacements in you know like craig just said if this happens in middle of august september oh, sorry middle of september early october time you've got a you've got a real problem on your hands so thankfully they can hopefully go out and get some bodies in the building before sunderland in two weeks time but it is a real blow because he's so crucial. He was at six goals, six assists. So he's on course for, you know, double figures of each for the season. The, the way he's been able to lead the line and press and have his kind of back to goal play for the last 12 months has been absolutely outstanding. And he's a big, big miss and we, we, will, we will miss him. But this does, this is football, isn't it? It opens up an opportunity for somebody else. And maybe now a striker who, you know, maybe it was a bit of a tough sell to go out there and get get somebody in who thought, well, I'm going to be playing sort of fiddle with, with, with George Hurst to try and, you know, share the minutes out. Maybe now you can go and get somebody who potentially wasn't on your radar as much a couple of weeks ago but either way it's a it's a big big blow what was it at the start of the season Craig it was Walton and there was there's a couple of injuries wasn't there and um I mean I'm, I'm sure there's not a reserve striker we signed from Salford who's going to step up and actually a bit better than <laughs> um than George has by the way that was the first bodies in the building of January Craig so if you could get in a war chest and an over the line in um, in the next paragraph. That'd be that'd be great. But I was so I was coming to you to say we've been really lucky with injuries. But someone will remind me in the um, in the chat. Um, it, it, was, it wasn't just Walton who got injured before the start. I remember we were panicking before the start of the season about the injuries, weren't we? I'm trying to think. Walton was the obvious one, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure the majority of us were fit and far, fit for the Sunderland game off the top of my head. Um, I can't, I can't honestly remember, but I, I, someone said there. I think it was Adam said in the in the chat a little bit earlier that you know we did all right. Um, you know, trust them this year. Exactly, they delivered last year. Well, they they 
did come January, but we did have just Freddie Ladapo for the first half of last season, didn't we? Again, in a, in a similar... Uh, oh, of course, yeah, Harry Clark getting back to fitness, yeah. Um, we did only have Freddie Ladapo, really, because um, we brought Gasson Hadmi as, as a last-minute panic thing in uh, the last throws of August. Um, so, yeah, I say that the... the, the the pressure's on, you know, it's, as Seb says, it's told in the last couple of games that we've played, we've looked disjointed and toothless against QPR and probably just toothless against um, Stoke. Yeah. Um, sorry, everyone. I didn't say hello. We went straight into the straight into the chat. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, 11 minutes into the show. If you're watching live on YouTube, we're really grateful to have you here. Get that chat moving. We love it. We read all of them, if you can see Craig or Seb not paying attention to me, they're reading your comments and stealing your ideas. That's what we do here. <laughs> and in return, you can hit the thumbs up button and thank us for stealing your ideas. If you're listening after the fact on the old school audio show, we appreciate the bloody hell out of you. But go and give us a five star review on Spotify or whatever. Do people still use Apple Podcasts? I don't know. I'm a Spotify guy these days. Now, as one door closes, Seb, another may open at some point tomorrow, can I be really childish? The first thing I'm going to say is, will Jeremy Sarmiento now be our most handsome player? Looking at that um, photograph there of this suave uh, South American. But, Seb, I'm sure you've um, kind of looked at um, Sarmiento when we prepped for the West Brom game. So he's on loan from um, Brighton, isn't he? Um, Ecuador, full international, I think. There might have been a – was there a chunky fee paid at any point, Brighton? Ben Finn, uh, probably ben not. Straight into was the under – Charlton, wasn't he? Did I read? Um, Charlton Academy. A uh, free, yeah. no, free agent to Ben Fika by the look of it. But Brighton, a bit of a hotbed. Um, you'll like this, Seb. One of my West Brom mates, um, who's a follower of my um, other YouTube channel, said didn't really work at West Brom. He was a bit too tippy-tappy for Corberon, which made me think – Brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. He might be he might be a better match for us. So um Jeremy Sarmiento then, Seb. Um left winger number hang on a minute. What is this Nathan Broadhead? I, I think I'm against this signing all of a sudden. Now, but, sorry, <laughs> carry on. He is, yeah. He's a left winger inside forward and can play in the number ten role, but at West Brom he was used primarily down the left, wasn't he? He scored a couple of goals. I think he's he's only started seven games. I think they've been trying to get minutes into him over the last few weeks to try and maybe think make Brighton reconsider recalling him and sending him back out again, but it, it hasn't really worked out there. And he's an exciting player. You know, he's a he's a he's a he's a, a, a goal threat, hopefully. He can be a bit of a different option to to Broadhead, you know, he's kind of a dribbler like Broadhead is, but but maybe a bit of a more of a the, maybe a is it fair to say a rough and tumble, bit more of a street kind of football, I would suggest maybe, and hopefully he'll just you know add more kind of you know weapons in the in the arsenal for the coming months of the season could be useful against a a low block, and yeah, I think it's a great bit of business. I presumed when the the story broke was it yesterday that he was getting recalled by Brighton before the links to us started. I assumed he'd go there for. Um, sort of squad cover if Matoma was going away to the the Asia Cup and stuff. So I thought Brighton must race him quite highly. But if they're clearly happy to send him back out again, then yeah, it can only be uh, to our benefit. And it's a, a decent loan, which sounds like it's going to be confirmed tomorrow by all accounts. So get some minutes in him against Wimbledon in the FA Cup and he can be fit and firing, ready to go for Sunderland. Um, Craig, can you just have your say? Um, and can you just add to a couple of comments there? Um, it does worry me a little bit because I remember... And hopefully you're going to tell me, Ben, he was playing for Wigan 
um, under Liam Richardson and Colo Torre up front on his own, Nathan Broadhead. But a few people saying, can you temporarily um, get Stick Broadhead um, up top? But um, talk to me about Sarmiento and um, how he how he kind of fits in. Well, I think, as Seb says, he just he's just adding more strength to those attacking positions behind the striker, isn't he? Um, you, you would have thought, having, as you say, he's played in the Premier League. Um, he's had three games in the last World Cup, for goodness sake, so um, he's not an idiot. Um, you would think that he's <laughs> going to be a few steps ahead of Hutchinson, potentially. I'm sorry, I'm stopping you there. Are you telling me an idiot has never played in the World Cup? Uh what about no, that Saïr free kick in the 1970s? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't. It's too, too, that too was idiots. Uh, a few English Carry managers on, could be argued as being um, idiots. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would have thought that he's uh, an upgrade on Hutchinson, so it may well affect. And I think we'd probably initially start using him similarly to what we do, Hutchinson, in terms of feeding in minutes and then occasionally starting, as as Seb says, when the, when the games dictate. Um, but it just, again, like we're saying about um, flogging George Hurst for all the minutes he's worth, um, it just potentially gives you a chance to not have so many minutes in the likes of Broadhead, Chaplin and Burns, doesn't it? Who would arguably be our three um, first choice uh, attackers behind the striker. I did see the comments about moving Broadhead into the centre. Potentially, but you, you probably wouldn't want to, would you? I don't think he's he's really built for that role. Certainly, the role that we ask of him, he's just going to be another Ladapo Stroke Jackson makeshift gap filler rather than an actual um, choice that you'd you'd want to have. So, I think he's just he's just he's here to um, add competition, add competition, and take some take some weight off the uh, the shoulders of the guys that are already there. And Craig, this will all have been planned weeks before Hurst got injured. Won't there's no there's no kind of link that is yeah there. no no absolutely not and uh, it's it's a, it's just a strange one isn't it that you know if we take take it at face value that brighton have have pulled the um, pulled him back for lack of minutes that we have presumably said that we not guarantee but we will offer him more than he's been getting at, at west brom um and also there's the um the journalist that broke it this morning said that there was also an option that should we get promoted he'll be with us for next year as well next year as well so yeah it's some forward thinking for you I, I, I like that type of forward thinking. Seb, can you tell we drew nil-nil that we've done 17 <laughs> minutes here? I, I haven't gone to the game yet. A second consecutive nil-nil. Um, right, let's get into it then. Now, keep your comments coming about um, George Hurst and about um, Jeremy Sarmiento, who we hope is going to be announced um, in all his glory at some point tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Um, right, so... We weren't calling it the hateful eight. Chris in the Telegram group has now lengthened it out to the terrible 10. I love Chris, but I'm not going to allow it. We have to have to fence off the hateful eight because they wouldn't have been the terrible 10 if we hadn't have had the injuries in um, for that QPR game. And um, it all of a sudden, Seb, it, it went from, OK, get to the end of the hateful eight to, right, get to the end of here and, you know, get FA Cup out of the way with all the injuries. Um do you class these two games and the nil-nil draws, hopefully, as this little thing we just had to get done and we've got two clean sheets and let's have our fingers crossed that the available faces, mostly aside, of course, we'll come to that, um, uh, much more plentiful when we get to January 13th? 
I think so. These games were just something to get through, I think, weren't we? I think before QPR and the Telegram group, I said today, you've just got to find a way to win tonight. Unfortunately, we couldn't. And, you know, the Stoke games are coming so quickly afterwards. We, we were having a debate, weren't we, earlier on the Telegram group about that January, uh, sorry, December 29th game is really irritating, isn't it? You know, you're looking at four games in nine days and it's just, it's simply too much. You know, I understand this. People love seeing football over the festive period. The Boxing Day game is great. The New Year's Day game is great. But that one sort of on the, on the, on the Friday has really hurt us. And as a result, these were just two games for me to get through. And then you can give the the first team or what's left of it a, a, a sort of a couple of weeks off. They can hopefully go and get some sun on their backs. You can take a reserve side to Wimbledon and then look to regroup and go again for the Sunderland game. So yeah, this and after that second half performance against Leicester, which was excellent and took a lot out of us, obviously, these two for me were just games just to get it done. If you find a way, if you can, we've taken two points, two clean sheets back to back, undefeated. It's done now. We looked at all start it all again on January the 13th. Yeah, agreed. So, Craig, this was the solution for this um, kind of last game before what we expect to be a bit of a mini break. Kladke in goal. Uh, to end Zabi, um, McKenna was keen to not call him a right-back in the post-match. I kind of uh, right-centre-back, he sort of called him, but go on, Kieran. Um, Wolfenden <laughs> Edmondson in. Um, obviously, Burge is going to be um, going out to the um, the what's it's the Asia Cup, isn't it? Um, mm. That he's going to uh, Clark at left back um, against the side that he was on loan at for the first half of last season. So familiar surroundings. Morsi and Luongo. It's a little yellow si- signal by um, Morsi there. Again, we'll get to that. Broadhead, Chaplin, and Burns. Jackson up top. Craig, I don't really expect you to comment with any nuance on that. It's basically all he could put out, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Well, it is nice to have um, the two centre midfielders and the three ahead of them, isn't it? Because, um, as we saw, it was a far more joined up display than it was against uh, QPR, probably for those reasons, because, you know, the the players from the middle of the pitch know each other like the back of their hands. Um, Yeah, as you say about Twenzabe, he was a very, very, very wide right centre back, wasn't he? (laughs) At the weekend. We can Um, speak to our friend Luke Chambers about this, can't we? Um, but yeah, he he. You know, we'll talk for the match, but he he did perfectly okay. I thought Clark played well on the on the left, albeit uh, being hamstrung a little bit by having to cut inside when he's looking to get the ball forward, which is something that uh, McKenna um, referenced when he spoke about the absence of of Davis um, being able to get crosses in um, quicker and and earlier uh, from left from the left wing. Um, Edmondson, I thought, did brilliantly um i say it's just it's just that striker isn't it you know, we just do look toothless because as i said earlier for all caden jackson's plus points pace um closing down etc his you know first touch and ability to take a take a ball in his stride when through on goal probably not not what the uh the others have but you know you're not going to get that complete striker unfortunately which um you know the closest we've got is, uh sitting with his Hamstring in ice at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think as you say, it's it's the best that we could have we could have done certainly. Um, and I suppose it does show that we are, you know, in terms of squad depth, there is volume there. Um, it's just a question of whether the the quality is there to uh, you know, to, to notice, not notice much of a different much much of a drop off. I suppose. Great, you need to make a call now. Do you want me to mention the sporting super injunction we talked about before the show, or do you not want me to mention it? Because you don't want to read the comments. I'm not reading the comments. I'm looking straight at you. 
Okay. Do you want me to mention it or should I not mention yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, mention it. I'm not gonna I'm gonna if you value the middle podcast with this free, stop talking about the darts in the um, <laughs> in the comments, please. Spoiler alerts will be um yeah, will be ignored. And Craig will have to zone out of the comments, which you don't want because they're ever so helpful. Stoke, um, Seb, uh Bonham in gold, Chamado, McNally, Rose, Hoover, uh, Baker, Thompson, Berger, Bay, May. <laughs> it's not fun front free and Vidigal, again, I, I see these teams, seven. It does just remind me how well we've done. When you imagine the uh, combined transfer fee and salary of that bunch, right? Yeah, very much so. I mean, they're obviously a side in transition, aren't they, now that Schumacher's came in. I think me and Rich on the pre-match show back in August were saying that Vidigal might be a decent buy, and he started the season really well, didn't he? I think he had four or five in the first month of month of games, but he's, I, don't think he's, I think he's got one in the last... 15 or something like that so yeah they're, they're very much a side in transition given that Schumacher's come in and will presumably look to shift things across and yeah McNally is known to us obviously that that dalliance we had with him in the summer when he was close to joining on loan from Burnley but ended up going there instead and apart from that there were there weren't too many names that I recognized to be honest are you going to admit that you like Schumacher now so <laughs> it's really good isn't he <laughs> yeah yeah he is fair play yeah he is um Right, we'll go with Seb because he was in the um, the Bet365 on a cold. Can you do it on a New Year's Day? Um, do you want to? It's not much to talk about really until we get to the the red card. But do you want to sort of take us through the um, take us through the first half and the performance um, in general? My, one of my Stoke mates, I, I texted him afterwards, Seb, and said, "How did it go?" And he said, um, "You look like a good team with a few of your best players not playing." Exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly how it how it summed up. I mean, they started the, the game stronger. First 15, 20 minutes, we were penned in quite a few corners in quick succession. We kind of kind of stopped them to a, a couple of shots from range, which were pretty comfortable for Lackey. He tipped one round the post. A couple of us, he just kind of kind of gathered in. We didn't get going at all for the first 15, 20 minutes. Our usual passing game, we just we just couldn't do it. You know, Lackey put one out of play very uncharacteristically for him. Yeah, it was noticeable, I thought. I mean, Edmondson was was superb. He's probably my man of the match yesterday. Every time a ball came into the box from a corner or from a cross, he was there to clear it. He was excellent. But there was a noticeable kind of hesitancy, I thought, to pass to him like they do to Burgess to kind of build out from the back. Everything tended to go sort of to Wolfenden on the, on, on the right-hand side. Luongo didn't really get going at all. A couple of really silly early errors, unforced errors where it gives away possession a couple of times and that led to balls into the box. But but nothing really happened. I mean, there was the the, the leg high challenge on Caden Jackson as we were looking to break, which I think, I mean, the ref was, was very close to it. In a VAR world, you could potentially say that could have been worse than the, the yellow card that they were shown. And we, towards, you know, sort of 20, 25 minutes onwards, we started to get our passing game going a little bit. But again, we did look relatively toothless up front you know there were some nice kind of patterns of play building from the back once we once we worked out how to do it again and we were kind of trying to look to break the lines and use Jackson's pace to get in behind but one Chaplin effort aside and he he kind of created that himself there was a cross in he kind of swivels on the edge of the box and gets a shot straight down the throat of Bonham who who kind of saved tipped it away slightly apart from that it was very little to to write home about I guess Pre-match, we were kind of. I was, I was expecting the team maybe to be. You know, I was, I was pleased. Burns and Broadhead both came in. I thought they potentially, definitely, one of them might make it. I.e., Burns. But I thought if Broadhead was being sick in the warm-up on Friday night, he definitely won't be involved. But even with those guys in, you know, I, th I think it was clear that sick we were of still you, not slagging him off. 
I think we were clear um, <laughs> that we were not up to full strength. Even with them playing, they weren't fully at it. And as Craig said, Clark was having to cut back every time onto his his right foot. And it was just a bit of a non-event, to be honest. Whether the early storm well, defensively strong, Edmondson in particular, very good defensively. Um, but at halftime, we were kind of a bit optimistic because we had grown into it. But missing George Hurst was, was killing us because we offered very, very little up front. I mean, he's nailed that there, Craig. So can you just add in two yellow cards, one for Jordan Thompson and one, finally, <laughs> for Mr. Sam Morsi? Yeah, yeah. I think taking the Morsi one first, it's a yellow card, isn't it? It's something that he's done umpteen, well, approximately nine times previously. Um, <laughs> umpteen times before already the season. Sometimes he gets carded for it and sometimes he doesn't. But he knew exactly what he's doing. And you know they know what they're doing because as soon as they do it, they start waving their finger, don't they? They say, no, no, it wasn't a, wasn't a foul, wasn't a foul, but it's a clear yellow. Um, and I, I think the other one was a red, to be honest. I think it's it's a thigh-high tackle. As Seb says, if it's a VIR, VAR, it's a red card. Arguably, if it's Morsey making that tackle, it's a in, a, in an away game. Um, the crowd are on the referee's back and it's a red card. I just wonder whether the referee was maybe too close to it. So it sort of just happened while it, as he was turning sort of thing and didn't really have a, have a clear view of it. But yeah, I, I don't think there'd been too many arguments if he'd um, picked up a red, but as it was, time will tell and that'll, that'll happen eventually. Um, but yeah, just exactly as Seb says, just pretty pretty toothless. Stoke were enjoying cheering Clagkey on the ball and they obviously hadn't seen him play the <laughs> previous 49 matches that he'd started for us. Um, they were expecting him to make a glaring error, which he uh, which he doesn't tend to do. Well, that was quite good because that started when he put one straight out of place. They did the usual, and then I think they twigged after about ten minutes as he was kind of you know calmly passing it sideways to Twanzebe and Wolverton that oh actually he's quite good at this. So they kind of <laughs> the, the the crescendo of laughter got less and less, and eventually they just gave up with it. I'm normally against stubborn people, said, but. One thing with Mr. Clagkey and goal is the more you groan and whimper, the longer he's going to hold the ball onto the ball for. I think he's, um, I think he kind of sees that as a bit of a badge of honour when he gets to groan. He's like, I'll show you. Um, let's just stay with Craig then, um, Seb. And um, you can kind of see by the lack of subs that really probably both managers just, as to Seb's point with the the run of games, maybe if you did remove that one on the 29th or whatever it was, you might see a bit more energy in in these games. But yeah, let's just get out of dodge here. And um, we must raise this as well. I know it's a pretty dumb cliche, really, the win at home, draw away, because literally no side has ever won all their home games and no side has ever drawn all their away games. But the point being, it adds up to two points per game. And we've already beaten QPR, we've already beaten Stoke. So there was some credit in the bank. If you I don't know it's the right thing to do, Craig, to judge them mm. as pairs right the way pairs through the games, season, yeah. but um, it helps me rationalise um, five without a win, so I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, and a controversial red card here, Craig. Yeah, according to Stephen Schumacher, it was. Um, it, if you Obviously, at the time, I'm sure Seb in the ground couldn't see what it was. It was so fleeting and, and um, over, in a, over in a flash, but if you look at it, certainly on the... Um, replay the normal replays, but then definitely on the like the town in five replay, they showed it pretty clearly from um, low behind the goal. Um, yeah, Thompson he, he waves his little yellow card, his imaginary yellow yellow card, and you know it's just similarly to players kicking the ball away. They just it's just inherent. It's hardwired into some of these players. They just can't not do it. But yeah, and and as was said on the um, on the town TV commentary, the the referee was almost apologetic. 
in having to send him off because it's a second yellow. If the referee hadn't, it's like when sent... they take the shirt off when they score. Yeah, it's, it's just like basically. sorry, mate. I've got to send yeah. you off, you idiot. Yeah. Exactly. And and if the referee hadn't have booked him and sent him off, he'd have been dragged over the coals for seeing it and not producing a yellow, yellow card. But um, as I say, Schumacher, I think in his um, post match comments said not meaning the people, not many people in the stadium saw it. Well, only needs one person in the stadium to see it, and that's the bloke who was. I could say wearing black, but he wasn't. He was wearing sort of yellow. Um, and it's the only guy that needs to see it and the only guy that did see it, it would appear. Um, so, yeah, sadly. But that probably, again, played into Stokes' hands in terms of us just huffing and puffing now for the for the remaining half an hour of the game without a, a focal point up front. And they brought on an even larger centre-half to join the other two centre-halves that were already on the pitch. And we just... We had no guile in our play. You know, we could get Hutchison was getting crosses in, but you know he's only aiming at Nathan, only aiming at Nathan Broadhead due to his stature. I mean, rather than it being only Nathan Broadhead, there was no way in the world we were going to get those. And um, Jack made a good point in our Telegram group when we were all discussing it post match in terms of you know one of the ways you can get around a, a low block and a, and a ten man team is to do things either a lot quicker or just do a lot more of the things that you want to do, i.e. shots and crosses. And we didn't really have the volume of shots and crosses to eventually create something, nor did we, nor would we be doing anything particularly quickly with the ball, where we said. No, no, no you're right. I, I think just to piggyback on what Craig said, Seb, I think just the general energy and intensity levels when you're into, you know, game number 10 of the terrible 10 and, you know, a break's coming up and you're, 20 minutes to go, perhaps that game's in the middle of September, you know, you, you go on and you make the extra man um, count. I just wanted to raise, because a few people have said it in the chat, and I do agree um, with the consistency on the... Well, I must admit, I do that in the um, as a fan sometimes. When someone pulls their shirt back, I go, it makes no difference, but so I'm as bad as these um, horrible players for doing it. The one that got me was at Watford, um, where... Jamal Lewis kicked the ball away. Brandon Williams then said he should be booked for kicking the ball away. Brandon Williams got booked for saying he should be booked in Jamal Lewis. I mean, I always think it's completely unfair to hold refs to a standard of getting 100% of everything right all the time ever. But as a general rule with things like kicking the ball away, whether it's... Do you remember the first game of the season? I think it was Lee Gregory for Wednesday. Just flicked it away with the outside of his foot and you thought, right, great. Here we go. You kick the ball mm. away, you're, you're done. And we've seen our players a few times really knowing not to kick the ball away. It looks like they've been, um, looks like they've been well drilled. But um, if you've got anything to add on the um, on the red card, Seb, then feel free. And um, why could um, – you got anything to add on why we couldn't break down the uh, 10 men? The attack momentum graph says we were on top slightly. <laughs> Yeah, we must have had, from that point onwards, the possession must have been 80% plus, you know, but they brought on Ben Wilmot, who went into a back five, like but very much a, a, yeah, very much a, a back five with a with a four in front, whose only priority was to kind of launch the ball to our channels to try and to kind of take it as long as possible for it to come back to them. And yeah, like Craig said, you know, we, we pushed Broadhead up front. So Jackson goes off. He, he was done at one point. He was absolutely spent. He couldn't couldn't give any more. And interestingly, Ladapo doesn't come on. He puts Broadhead through the middle and puts Hutchinson on the uh, on the left, which I guess tells us where kind of Ladapo is in the in the pecking order at the moment. He does come on eventually. Um, but Hutchinson goes left, caught offside a few times. 
lots of crosses straight to the keeper. Um, and yeah, the, the one time we get in behind, it's a lovely through ball from Chaplin inside the fullback. Burns is in behind, gets the shot off. I think that was before the red, actually. Gets the shot off and Bonham makes a big save. But once it went to the, the back five with the four in front, we changed formation. Ladapo came on and went up front with Broadhead. We took Twan Zabi off and kind of went to a back three with Clark, Wolfenden and Edmondson. Morsey sitting just in front and we, we just couldn't get in behind them. We couldn't break them down. We we didn't really create any way. If you, if you watch the highlights on you know either Town TV or YouTube, you'll see after the red card, I don't think there's any more highlights to show because it was basically us with the ball, knocking it around, trying to find openings down either flank. If we did, inevitably caught offside or the cross going straight into the uh, the keeper. Ladapo did come on. There was a, a half-hearted kind of penalty appeal where one of the defenders was grabbing his shirt. It, not for me. Not strong enough for me there. If, it's, um, if that's given against, you'd be absolutely fuming. And apart from that, that was pretty much it. And you have to take the positives, you know, back-to-back clean sheets again, um, dominated the, the the ball from, dominated the, the, the performance really from kind of 25, 30 minutes onwards. And it's done now. We can move on. We can rest some players in the next two weeks and look to really freshen up, get some new additions in and go hard from the middle of January onwards. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you need a VPN to protect your world online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a Cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month, and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday, or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer, and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. It's a proper nil-niller, Craig, when you look at the numbers. Look at the XG, 0.26, play 0.57. I was nodding along to um, Seb's point just about the circumstances, Craig. It's not Easter. It's not April, and you're coming up to the end of the season where everybody's winning, and if you don't win, you're screwed. And... The season is a journey, isn't it? And there's some bits you just have to get through, don't you? And um, if this is going to be a absolutely incredible season, then maybe you look back and as, you know, the most positive things you can say, didn't lose, clean sheet twice. Yeah, we don't, you know, 
and on top of everything, we don't get beaten very often, do we? We haven't been beaten very often since Kieran McKenna walked in the door. Um, just but really nice, just get one win maybe out of one of those draws, and would everything would be rosy, I think. And we just mustn't get too blasé about the fact that we've gone to Stoke. As Seb said, we've gone to Stoke and been on top, whether that initial storm and just taken control of the game. And as your mate rightly said, Ben, we looked a good team who were missing one or two of our better players. And that's pretty much pretty much perfectly put, really. Um, and I say, we just mustn't get blasé about the fact that we have made the step up on now going to Stoke and being disappointed by coming away with a, a nil-nil draw, whereas previous in previous years in the Championship, we'd have been hopping, skipping, jumping back down the uh, road with a point in our back pocket. It's, just, it's a live match reaction, isn't it? So I'm not going to run the Innovation Labs ad, but we love Innovation Labs. And it's not really a preview show, but we're not going to have one. But we love the Greyhound as well. <laughs> and we love our Telegram group. And I'm doing all of my plugs. And I think our good friend um, Jacob has been looking at some transfer targets. When's that going out, guys? I think it's going out tomorrow. Two, there's two this week. Oh, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, normal, normal plugs on a weird type show. We'll get back into the groove, as said Madonna in, what, 1985, Craig, into the groove? A bit earlier, maybe, four. And someone correct us in the chat on that. Mm. Don't mention the bloody darts, though. Um, Wimbledon flagship will be at the normal times Craig looks for. I'm looking for my Guinness Book of um, music, Hit Singles. <laughs> music almanac. Um, right, boys, let's get into... We'll go to questions um, in a minute in the chat. Let's just get into... I'm sure you've not been able to keep up with four rounds of 12 championship games in the past mm. nine games. I've tried my best. So we'll have a little amble through... Um, what went on. That didn't go on because it's literally the next round of games. Um, but, yeah, another full slate yesterday. Mick Beal uh, has got seven points in his last three. Sunderland manager Preston, bang out of form. Sunderland two, Preston nil. Speaking of bang out of form, Blackburn have fallen like a stone over the Christmas period. And Liam Richardson, our old mucker from a couple of seasons ago um, in League One as Wigan manager, has got Rotherham going a little bit there, 2-2. Two, two. They're kind of back in the conversation. Bristol City nil. Millwall won 10 points over Christmas for Millwall. Four straight clean sheets. Well played, Joe <laughs> Edwards. Leeds at home are very good. Not so good away at Christmas. Leeds three, Birmingham nil. And I wonder if the boys have heard any news from Birmingham today at all. <laughs> I'm not sure there's been any. Leicester four, Huddersfield one. Leicester are going to break Reading's record, aren't they? It's, it's looking more difficult not to do now with that squad. Now they've really got going. Middlesbrough are sick of the sight of Coventry because they beat them in the playoffs earlier in the season and um, they've done a double on them now. Um, say it quietly, Craig. Thank you, Norwich. Uh, Norwich won, Southampton won. A very helpful equaliser in that from then their Canaries and ITV, as the chat has pointed out, absolutely all over it. I'll allow it, Seb. I'll allow it, Beans. It gave us a big hand. Um, Plymouth 3... Watford three, if you want to talk about the Finners goal in that game, utterly tremendous stuff. Plymouth still without manager. QPR one, Cardiff two. Uh, Swansea still without manager. One, West Brom nil. West Brom a bit up and down, aren't they? Um, and mainly up at the moment. Sheffield Wednesday three, Hull one. Back-to-back wins for the Wednesday. They looked dead and buried. They don't look dead and buried anymore. Anything dead we'll go to first. Uh, you'd like to pick up from there, my friend. Just the thankful, thankful to that lot up the road for doing us a bit of a favour. I was checking the... They love the us, score. don't they? 
I was checking the score throughout because obviously, as we just discussed, the game wasn't amazing. So there was a bit of downtime and a bit of free time. And I think at one point, Southampton had had 81% possession sort of halfway through the, the first half, but only one shot on target, thankfully. And yeah, that's a nice little favour from them to stop a bit of momentum on their part. And that keeps the gap, thankfully, to, to three points. Um, Craig, any any championshipy stuff um, uh, you want to pick up on? Just, uh, yeah, that Finazaz goal, but then like five of the six goals in that game were fantastic, weren't they? It's just, but that, yeah, that like, Plymouth, yeah. Cool, that cushioned side foot volley into the far Amazing. corner was just ridiculous, wasn't it? And Morgan Whitaker's going to go for some cash eventually, isn't he? I think as well. Um, yes, uh, I think um, our friends at Plymouth, imagine they did hire Paul Cook, that'd be sensational, um, wouldn't it? Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen in the chat, let's get to some questions. If you can stick a cue um, before the question and a question mark afterwards, that really helps me out. I think we had a couple already, but get that chat uh, filled up. This is a regular topic, this one. Craig, is Ladapo on his way out? I think Chris from Telegram mentioned Oxford is looking likely, must be seen as like a um, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. A signing Dwight Gale used to be in the championship. <laughs> the guarantee of goals at League One level. Who who Seb saw uh, yesterday? I forgot he was still there. Yeah, he came Is on. He didn't still he? there? Yeah, he was there. He came on about ten minutes to go. Did I, think I caveat that forgot. enough? We've used to say about Dwight Gale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, he Ladapa won't be on his way out anytime soon until there's another one or two bodies in the building. Um, I wouldn't think, but yeah, as Seb said, in terms in terms of his um, <laughs> in terms of his substitute appearance yesterday, coming on at the very very last knockings, you know, when you're desperate to get a goal and you're trying to get crosses into the box, you would have thought Dapper would have been the the change to make sooner rather than later. But he he was sort of a very much a last resort um, sub yesterday, so you would have thought that if all things were being equal and George Hurst was still. Um, fit then he he may well have you know, been gone by now but um yeah you, you would have thought that he he'll be on his way in january should they be able to make some signings um as replacements phil's wrong celebrating the norwich goal the important thing to do ed don't ever celebrate the norwich goal just kind of acknowledge it if it comes <laughs> through on your phone because expect them to then concede another one but we will we will give them kudos for not losing to southampton we'll give them that um joe so you said, do you expect Leeds and Southampton to spend big in January? I'm going to define big as five to ten million pounds, and you can include loan fees and promotion bonuses that don't apply to FFP in that so I would think they'll both look to add, won't they? I mean, Southampton lost. Who was the guy that's now been ruled out? Ross Stewart, wasn't it? They paid, was it eight million quid for him? And they've got to go and replace him for one. And I guess Leeds, hopefully it'll be nice if some of the kind of mid to, to higher Premier League sides came in and pinched the likes of Somerville. But if they do, they'll just go out and spend again. So yeah, if, if we're talking five to 10 million as being kind of substantial, then I'd expect them both to go out and, and strengthen. And I think Joe summed it up quite nicely yesterday in Telegram where he said, you know, this, this, this three-way battle between us and Leeds and Southampton, it might just get a little bit too rich for us, you know. If they're able to do that and go out and make those kind of signings almost on a on a punt, you know. I mean, Ross Stewart, eight million quid is you know barely featured, and 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 they can do that, and that's not something we can do at this point and in time. Tom so, Cannon literally just started for yeah. Leicester now. That that's their eight million quid striker punt, right? 
<laughs> yeah, so you know we we can't compete with those kind of figures. It's a case of let's wait and see what we what we can do with the people that we can bring into the to the building, and 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 we'll see. But I would I would expect them both, given the position they're in and the fact that owners in year one parachute clubs do tend to like to kind of get back ASAP, because as we all know, the percentage chance of returning to the Premier League does kind of drop off considerably if you don't make it back in that year one. They'll do it with a look to a bit like us, maybe with a safety net of selling some assets come the summer if you don't get across the line in May. Craig, surely they're going to be having similar conversations to us with the context a bit different. We're obviously obviously saying it's a once in a generation chance, but they're going to be saying, right, if you're Leeds, you're going to be saying this about Southampton. If you're Southampton, you're going to be saying this about Leeds. Hmm. They're going to go big. So we've got to go big. You've got to try and leverage the position. Now, they have to spend both of them, surely, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, once, once place has gone over the horizon doesn't it so they're now they're, yeah this, they're gone aren't they yeah there's three of us three of us playing for for one final spot isn't there um i say we just got to hope that we can st- stay within touching distance of south should southampton overtake us in the coming weeks when we've got suspensions and still trying to bed in hopefully some new players throughout january if we can still stay within touching distance of them um then their tougher matches will come through um, February, March, and April. Weren't they? I think they've got West Brom away, Leeds away, Leicester away. I think, they? or certainly got us away, haven't they? And all us, of them yep, away us. from home. Yep. You're totally yeah. right, Craig. If you if if we are in an automatic promotion race, which we we might not be in eight weeks' time, I bloody well hope we are. But you've got to play the long game with Southampton, haven't you? Because yeah, that's that's when you can um, leverage it a yeah, little pull them back. Bit. Yeah, um, Nick, we're going to go on to this, Nick. In a minute, are we bothered about the cup game? So can we hold that thought, even though we're all just going to say no, aren't we? But we can talk about the um, we talk about the team as well in a minute. Um, whose go is it? It's Craig, isn't it? Uh, do you think Walton's command in the air may outweigh um, Vaz Ball at his feet play? No, I don't think so at all. I think it's just so fundamental to the way that we now play, um, as we saw in both the QPR and the and the Stoke game. Um, it just, especially if you're playing against teams who you're trying to entice to press you to get around the back of them and down the sides of them, he's absolutely 100% integral. And if you are if you have got all of your players um, encamped in the, in the opposition um, 40 yards, Wolfenden was our furthest player back yesterday, apart from Hagke, and he was about 35 yards away from the Stoke goal. Uh, points and Hlaki by definition is then standing on the halfway line so um, yeah I think it's just going to be as we've all seen he's just integral to the way that we now play Amen um, I don't think is, that many teams sling balls into our box either so, I mean it's a handful of corners a match maybe that Walton may come for that Hlaki will punch but you know, in the whole scheme of things it's not as if you're playing Rotherham each week It's just part of this generation now, Craig, isn't it? This change um, where possession is so vital that I think people like, say, Bialkowski, who was an amazing keeper Mm. for us, goalkeepers aren't going to be trained like that. They're all going to be on the edge of the box and, you know, part of the possession game for their team from, you know, from the age of, what, under 11s or something uh, representative. Uh, This is A in the chat. If we can't finish second, would it be best for Leeds to get automatics these are fun games to play Seb aren't they um we can theorize um about any potential team that one would face in the playoffs that you know maybe a West Brom would be a horrible stoic opponent you could say maybe Southampton you could get at but they've still got quality Leeds you might 
fancy scoring against, but they might fancy <laughs> adding to the seven goals they've already scored mm. past us. And, you know, Coventry are coming strong, aren't they? Sunderland are there, Hull are there, Middlesbrough have overrated them all season, but um, you get what you get in the playoffs, don't you? Very much so. And equally, you know, a lot of sides won't be happy about facing us, especially, I know recently we've had two back-to-back goalless draws, but, you know, the amount of goals we were scoring at Portman Road, you know, anyone could go to Ellen Road and get battered three or four nil in the first leg of a playoff semi, but there's no reason if we had everybody fit, everybody firing, that we couldn't do the same to a to a side as well. So, yeah, I guess logically on paper, you look at it and you say Leeds have put, what, eight past us with three in reply across two games. So we also won one nil away at Southampton. So logically... Sorry, I think seven, might... didn't I? My bad, sorry. Yeah, it might be the easier game to go for, but you you take what you're given, like you say. When it comes to May, if we we finish in the playoffs and we have a playoff semi, two-legged against West Brom, Southampton, Leeds, whoever it's going to be, we will take it and we will deal with it accordingly. But I think a lot of those sides would worry also about facing us. Maybe not right now, but certainly if we can get our groove going, coming, you know, if we we finish the season strongly going into May, we do have the ability as well to to kind of put a few goals past sides at Portman Road. Can I say something that will make me so unpopular, Craig? You know, the... They say, you know, defences win tournaments and leagues. In two-legged playoff games, I always think they favour teams that know how to defend over the 180 minutes. Look at Coventry and Middlesbrough last year and look at Huddersfield getting to the final. I do feel, and let's be fair about this, McKenna is so intelligent and learnt so brilliantly last season. I do feel you need to go into a playoff. We're getting way ahead of ourselves now with that string to your bow because it does favour people like Mark Robbins or Carlos Corver on over, say, a Daniel Farker or a or Bielsa. But yeah, equally, until could... Leeds... Sorry, Craig, just quickly, no, until Leeds away, didn't we have the best record for away goals conceded in the league? Well, that's We'd only true. conceded nine or something, mm-hmm. hadn't we? So I know it's taken a bit of a bit of a hit since we went to Ellen Road, but yeah, our record was, was pretty outstanding, let's not forget. Yes, yeah, well, coming, coming, Craig. Yeah, we, we, can, yeah, we can talk about it come, come May when it comes to fruition, but... As Seb says, Leeds have got the potential to blow anyone away at home, haven't they? Regards of how you how you set up, um, and there could potentially just be a little bit of scar tissue there on our side in terms of having conceded four goals twice against them, and then a, a raucous crowd on a on a Friday night where it happened to be at Ellen Road. So ideally, yeah, they'll get promoted. Hull will beat Southampton in the other playoff leg, and we'll play Hull at Wembley in the tail end of May. Um, speaking of scar tissue, though, talk to any Leeds fan about the playoffs and they're even more afraid of them than we are. Um, and, uh, yeah, the scar tissue works both ways, put it that yeah. way. Um, Adam, oh, God. Right, okay, am I allowed to have a 30-second rant about parachute payments? Because it's coming, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Town are stated to be one of the richest clubs in the champ. How much does FFP hold us back? Um, so the normal answer, I know this is boring and we like watching blokes bang the ball in the back of the net from 30 yards but um, FFP is not what holds anybody back to parachute payments. That so holds everybody back. FFP is a £13 million limit every season, rolling three-year limit, £39 million in the year one parachute team. We think he's going to get £55 million this year. So go figure. Your entire allowable losses over a three-year period are paid by the Premier League to a year one parachute team as good money, because you can have good money and bad money in FFP, if... That was a bit more even. FFP wouldn't really be holding anyone back. But I do agree with the sentiment. Look at the coach family at, at Bet365. They've got more money than God, haven't they? And I think even Mr. Chancery at Sheffield Wednesday and the Chinese um, ownership at West Brom of, oh, you know, hundreds of millions in the bank. It's only, I think, 
poor old Delia, who's a pauper relative in championship terms, and um, uh, Simon, what's the Plymouth guy's name? So I can't remember his, can't remember his surname. The Simon, owner, Simon owner. Ginster. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> Simon Ginster, the Plymouth owner. We love what Plymouth have done. Beautifully run club. Please don't clip that out and uh, say we're insulting them. But yeah, it just, it just. Um, it's the parachute payments that kills off the competition and adds the cliff edges in. And you you hear these really stupid arguments from the parachute teams trying to defend the indefensible. It's not just about them. It's what it does to everybody else. It ramps everybody else's wages up that they have to pay to try and compete. It's their inability to sign anybody that the parachute team's interested in anybody. Forget it. They can pay double the wages. And um, yeah, so that, don't start me on that. Sorry, Craig, we're going to come in. Oh. Yeah, what you could what you could be rest assured is that we will be spending as much as we can p- possibly spend, won't we? We'll you know we'll keep it within our means and we'll keep it within the regulations, but we won't be scrimping and saving in January. We'll be doing everything we can to get the most out of what we've what we can possibly um, you know, can possibly use. No return for Kevin Brew then. <laughs> no, unlikely. <laughs> I don't know why I single poor old Kevin Brew out there. Um, We've got Preston away shortly, haven't we? So he could come back and stick one in the top corner from 35 yards again, like he did before. Is there one at Bolton he scored as well? I think yeah, he that one. Game, that game in the last minute where he swazzed it in the top corner. What a goal. What a player. Kevin Brew. Um, sorry, I went off on a rant there, didn't I? Do you feel we need a new fullback? Um, is necessary. We lack natural width without Leaf. We do need to accept, um, Craig, that Leaf Davis is somewhat of a freak of nature for a championship fullback numbers-wise, isn't he? And that's yeah. probably an unfair comparison to compare any player in the championship playing fullback to him, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And you know, we did obviously toy with the idea of, of Humphreys playing there uh, against QPR, and that probably would be our backup once he's, once he's fit. Um, but you, you're not going to have anyone come in uh, who's of a level that's going to ha- happily sit behind Leif Davis um, on the bench just on the off chance that he um, strains his car for two or three weeks, are you? So um, I think we'll probably, well, it might not be the Davis, it might not be Davis that we need to look to um, have a substitute for. It might be Williams that um, heads off because he's not getting any game time either, is he? We were talking about Ladapo earlier um, coming on late. Williams isn't isn't getting a look in um, much um, for the... Salary, you think that we're paying Man U, um, you know, you're probably not getting a return on much of your investment there. So that might be one that um, gets switched and swapped in January. Right. Can we do a few quick fire? Because there's some brilliant questions in here. I don't want to ignore them. Um, Lewis has mentioned Zaruri and Benson said, does Sarmiento put pay to that? Probably, because you're not going to be able to fit everybody in with the existing squad either, are you? And I think weren't Southampton linked with Benson as well? And like you just said, if you if a parachute club comes you in, go. you've lost. So, yeah, yeah, I think Saramento comes in and, and, and with Broadhead, Harness, Chaplin, Burns, etc., you probably are well-stocked for the for three behind the striker. Benson's worth at least four goals coming in off the right and bending it into the far corner of his left foot. Bring him on with 10 minutes to go. Um, Sean, um, Craig, did Edmondson show enough to cover Burgess' absence? Um he did, didn't he, Craig? Mm. Yeah, he was really, really good. I'm really pleased for him as well. As Seb said, he he sort of just he headed everything away. He did his proper defending job, but then he was also fine on the wall like he does. He he plays those like Wolf and Delight passes, doesn't he, into the into the midfield as well with a little bit of zip on them. So yeah, it was good a good um, performance considering how long he's 
been out for and hasn't started many matches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I thought he slotted in really nice, and it probably does take any pressure off um, what we thought was um, going to be a whole Burgess gone. As 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 the guy said there about um, Twin Zabi, whether he's good enough to play right back match after match after match, I'd probably um, question. But for a one-off match, yes. And then you can cover in the middle, can't you? I think we're covered for centre mid- centre defenders. We're okay for it's just potentially the Williams conundrum um, should he head back. Seb, I'm going to be really snobby here. Uh, Rudder is um, he's listed a load of League One strikers there: Rhodes, May, Cole, Reed, Bishop, Charles. Doesn't float my boat anymore. If we were in the bottom half of the championship, maybe. But if we, if we kind of move past Different. that with the greatest, especially to Alfie May and Jordan Rhodes, who have scored tons of goals in their careers. Different ponds now, aren't we? I mean, out of all of them, if I had to have one, I'd probably have um, uh, Colby Bishop. But I think we'd all find what any of those signings pretty underwhelming. Look at last year. You know, last January, we get players from the league above who come down. I think we're looking to do the same this year. And signing a League One striker wouldn't necessarily do anything for me. I mean, Ladapo's probably got a better goal record than most of them. So you're not really fixing anything, I don't think. Um, football head. Is there a worry we lack a plan B when some first-choice players are unavailable? I suspect football head... Kieran McKenna has probably got a plan RSTUVWXYZ and um, the likes of you, me, Craig and Seb <laughs> probably can't even see it because, um, yeah, do, do you know what I mean? I think this plan B thing, I'm not having a pop at um, football head seven there. Um, I think this plan B is, but it's normally with most, and then again, I'm not accusing the questioner. It's, it's going long for the last 10 minutes, isn't it? But I think there are many plans and many um, angles of attack that we probably as layman can't even see, can we? Yeah, hundred hundred percent. And as we spoke about it last week, when we were saying about will there be any tactical changes between now and the end of the season? Um, and the yes, there probably is, and no, we probably won't <laughs> we be able to see them, them. <laughs> when they happen. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, what you may find is that the absence of Hurst makes us play us in a slightly different manner, depending on what the um, what he's replacing or who his replacement ends up being. Um, but you know, your, your plan A works. Your plan A subsection three. <laughs> works okay just at the moment doesn't it it's not particularly broken it's just it's just the players you need to to slip into i think we've proven over the last almost a year 11 months that um plan a is pretty good so i say it's probably just a question of getting the right players to replace the ones that are blowing out the backsides at the moment in your plan a did you used to love it when george burley used to do <laughs> used to do all that with his hands and i'm like what did you what does that mean, George? What does that mean? Do, do the same thing, but better? Probably, but there you go. Um, right, guys, amazing questions in the chat as ever. Thank you so, so much. We really do appreciate your insight. We really do learn a lot from it, especially in our Telegram group where you can join up. Um, you get a free trial for a couple of weeks. We really do. Um, you know, that's moving all day, every day, especially in January with lots of, um, sort of transfer talk. There's a match day group as well. Um, you can even... Give your own review of Craig's performance on the pod each and every week afterwards. And um, we can enter spoilers about darts in there because he's not checking his phone during <laughs> the show. Um, so, yeah, do check out Telegram. And um, if you are watching live now, give us a thumbs up. It is Wimbledon. Um, underground, overground, Wombling free, said the Wombles of Wimbledon, common are we. Um, Nick asked in the chat, do you give a flying F-U-C-K <laughs> about this match? I know we respect and love the FA Cup with our storied history, but what's your answer? 
Well, I'm quite glad it's not a league game this coming Saturday. I'm not going to lie to allow some rest. And it'll, it'll be a useful exercise to get some minutes into some of the squad players, won't it? Let's be honest. None of us are expecting us to go there and put out the established first team, but it'll be useful for the likes of Walton to come in and maybe Don Ball. And I presume Morsey will now play, otherwise he won't play a game till what, the 27th of January, whatever it will be. So I assume Morsey will get a game. And yeah, it'll be what we know the cup games are. We'll play the the B slash C team. It'll be useful for some people to get some minutes into their legs. And, you know, if we can we can go through that, they'll be very direct and 4-4-2. And who's the striker? Al Hamadi, isn't he? Is, is it half oh, a dozen goals? Actually. Yeah, half yeah, a dozen. Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. a dozen goals so far this season. Yeah, half a dozen assists. Yeah, yeah, they've got a yeah. right winger, James Tilly. I think it's got seven goals and four assists. So that has some some threat. But yeah, just go there, play the B slash C team, um, use it as a minute, uh, opportunity to get some minutes in the legs of some of the the squad players. And if we can get a victory, happy days. We'll see who we get in the the fourth round in in three weeks later. I don't really want a a, a replay; would be horrible, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Just adding another fixture to the the fixture list. But treat it as what it is. It's useful for getting some minutes in the legs, and we'll see if we can get a nice, tasty draw. The other side, should we? be able to get through it good point from rich here if you don't give a flying you know what uh, you can go and see itfc women play oxford on sunday at the agl uh in felixstowe uh al hamadi in the away in, in the asia cup you're not even gonna get to see him said apparently oh, okay fair enough um, that shows the level of research i've done for this pre-match <laughs> mate it's 30 seconds more than i did put it <laughs> put it that way right. um plow lane there you go Right, let me try this, Craig, and uh, you see how many you agree. So, Walton will play, won't he? Yep. Williams? Mm, Humphreys Bagger, will play. Baggett's not here. Baggett's away. Here. Yeah. Humphreys will play. Don't know if he's fit, is he? Dassin's injured. You'll go, William, you go, you go Williams Edmondson, right back. Right. Edmondson, Twan, Zabian, Humphreys, won't you? I would think. Yeah, I reckon. Okay. Uh, midfield two is Ball and Taylor, is it? I'd, I'd play no, Morsey will play, wouldn't he? Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't play for three weeks. You wouldn't just give him the month off? No. McKenna likes to keep them ticking over, though, doesn't he? He likes to keep them going. He's got got a couple of weeks off, isn't he, after that? Um, So then Jackson, number nine, with Harness, Hutchinson, someone regular is going to have to start. Maybe Samiento will get a game. Samiento, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, get him up to speed. Yeah, exactly that. So if you are going... Jay Stansfield up front. You'll probably see... uh, yeah, Yeah. Jordan Rhodes. Unless he's cup tied. Very nice too. So um I think yeah, they, they, we try not to be um they try not to be dismissive of the FA Cup, Craig, but there is a feeling of not even yeah. of people who make podcasts about it, but from the fan base generally, it would be nice to have a to have a break, as um as Seb said, um, with that extra game in between Boxing Day and, and New Year's Day. And I'd imagine there's a feeling in the playing squad and around the club um similarly. Mm. Yeah, because it, you, you, it's not a free weekend, is it? The fourth round. There's there's a game that would need to be Rotherham arranged, yeah. that would need to be rearranged and fit somewhere else. So um, I don't know why I had it in my mind that it was a it was a blank weekend on the assumption that you might get through sort of thing, but it's not, is it? It's it's Used carry on playing. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, so yeah, it's another. It will be another game, and you know damn well it will be Preston away in the fourth round, and yeah, there'll be nobody going. It'll be a bit of a damp squib. Um, so yeah, we'll see. What I will say about that is, I think last season, Seb, we did kind of prove with the pattern of play going across the whole squad and the numbers in the squad. That when we, when Mick was the manager, you did almost worry even your one B team, you were knackering players out going to Preston away, like um, uh, 
Craig says. But I didn't feel it was a kind of millstone round the neck. They were, what round did we get to last season? Like sixth round or something? Uh, yeah, was it fifth Burnley? Wasn't it? We lost to in the end, but we gave a really good account of ourselves there as well, didn't we? In the the kind of that was the the reserve. Oh, side, Luco so. might play, mightn't he? Speaking oh yeah, he's your number ten. There you go. Yeah, Luco's your number ten, isn't he? Get him in there. Um, right, guys. Thank you so so much. Um, I think we've managed to tackle um, what is objectively our worst run of the our worst run of the season, our worst run in our perfect um, entire of twenty twenty three, but. The ups and downs will come and hopefully uh, we're going to be looking back at this little period as something that needed to be gotten through and we can reset. And as Stephen Gerrard famously said before Liverpool didn't win the Premier League, we go again. We go again next week. Um, Craig, last word from you, my darling. Um, Just, yeah, thank you for watching, everyone. Have a great 2024 um, and look out for Jacob's two videos this week on potential January... Good midfield and attack we're looking at. Good pluggery, Craig. Seb, can you get me a couple of transfer window cliches in, please, to um, end this thing out? Bodies. Uh, we've got a body joining in the building tomorrow. That'll open up the war chest and hopefully we'll get a few more across the line before the window slams shut. Oh, slam shut. <laughs> that was the one I needed. And let's slam shut the door on this latest episode of the Blue Monday podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, and enjoy Wimbledon if you're headed there. Uh, no preview show. And we'll be back with the flagship on Sunday, at which point I'll probably finally know what day of the week it is. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.